What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. What's up, jerks? That's mean. That's mean, but that's fine. And hey, uh, we're... hey it's shout out to Rafi from uh, the. Oh, I like that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We're coming at you with this week's episode of Bright Side of the Suns for the fans by the fans podcast. Uh, as always, after y'all give us a listen, feel free to give us any thoughts, comments, questions in the comment section at brightsideofthesun.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay and Paul. I'm at Dervish of World. All right, so let's get into it. Was a relatively slow week in Phoenix Suns basketball. Only two games. Thank you, Paul, for the two finger there. I got it. Appreciate that. And we'll run through some of that as we go through some topics. But the first thing I think we want to hit on is, as you dubbed it, the Kentucky Super Team. I don't know what else to call it. I like it. Um, I'm sure everybody out there saw various articles this week discussing the fact that John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, and DeMarcus Boogie Cousins have been talking about joining forces and bringing together their own little big three of Kentucky Wildcats here in the NBA, uh, and presumably they would want to do it at one of the teams that they're at right now. They all want to do it at whichever team they're currently on. Which I guess makes sense. I don't know why Boogie Cousins want to stay in Sacramento. Because Boogie Cousins runs Sacramento. That's nothing to be proud of. I don't think. I mean, have you been to Sacramento? No, I'm just saying he's got to run in that front office. They let him do whatever the hell he wants. Oh, you didn't mean the city. No. I was looking at it at a larger scale. Like, you know, like he's got a key to the city type thing. Well, Ken does that too. (laughs) He runs that crazy mixed up team, and they let him do whatever he wants. If he goes somewhere else, he has to give up a little bit of that, or a lot of bit of that. But then again, I think the goal would be that blood cell and wall could keep under control. You think the Maloof brothers hook him up big time when he goes to Vegas? I don't. I think the Maloof brothers don't like Marcus Cousins. Eh, maybe not. So, okay. Kentucky Super Wildcats in the NBA. What do you think about it, Paul? Would you want the Kentucky Super Wildcats? I'm going to go with that. I kind of like that. Would you want them in Phoenix? Or where do you think would be the ideal fit for them? Why don't you answer both those? Well, looking at the, if if it were to happen... Just from a be able to make trades to bring everybody together asset standpoint, I think the Suns are the, in the best position of the three teams. And we know Paul loves looking at trades. <laughs> I do. I actually put one together. It was like it was not the worst trade in the world, but it was not. I don't think it was great for the other teams. But it got <laughs> the two guys there. Very a, very Suns centric. Good very for you. Centric. But it was, you got a, it's a salary thing, but... Are so, you going to tell us what it was, or are you just going to sit there and be like, was, I, I came just, up with a trade and I it sucked, it but... Was, it was, it was Knight and, and Chandler. I'm in. Knight, gone? Knight and Chandler to Washington. Oh, that's, okay. And then it was, I think it was like Len and Chris, and there's some, um, another big contract to, uh, uh, probably PJ and somebody else to, uh, San Francisco. I had it figured out. I can't remember what it was anymore. So Knight and Chandler, basically for John Wall. Yeah. Hmm. There's obviously. Picks, I see what you're saying. Obviously, picks in there too. But um, I think I might even send somebody from Washington over to Sacramento. Okay. So you're saying you would be interested in having that occur here in Phoenix? I mean, I think it'd be interesting, but honestly, I think it would be a B-level super team. Oh, I completely agree. 
I would hate it if that happened. But go on. I mean, because like when you look at the super teams of the past decade, I mean, you probably start with uh, the big three over in uh, Boston. All three of those guys, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, uh, Kevin Garnett, all multiple time all stars before they made it to or before they came together on Boston, all already pretty much locked in Hall of Famers before they came together. I mean, I think Paul Pierce is probably the only one who's even like questionable, on the fence, maybe, on the but, fence, but still. then he wins the championship and it's pretty much a given now. And then you get then you have um, my, what happened in Miami, which all three of those guys were, had been. All stars since probably the second or third season, and had. So you're saying it would be a pretty crappy super team. Yeah. More of a. Somewhat, somewhat, team. somewhat good team. Yeah. Let's, Somewhere between average and super team. Uh, yeah, pretty much. But I actually, I had thought about the idea of like another super team at some point. Hold before on, before the- you go into another super team, what if? Hear me out. What if Archie Goodwin came back too? <laughs> Just make it all Kentucky all the time. Yeah. But then we can't get rid now of it's a super team. We can't get rid of Knight then. Oh no! Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and then maybe we could get Patrick I, Patterson. I think. I yes. <laughs> I, I like where we're going here. And you know who'd be a great coach? Obviously. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Tell me about your alternative super team, which I'm assuming is going to actually be a super team, or is this going to be another above average or somewhere between average and I, super I team? I think it's it's an on potential. It's a thinking down the road five or six years kind of option. Stop hedging team. and just tell me what you're thinking. Booker, Cat, and Russell. They're all good friends. They're all rookie. They're all. It's the same kind of situation of a loaded draft, like the LeBron Wade Bosch situation. They all have have been showing so far that they have a lot of potential. Could become perennial all stars in the next couple of years. So by the time they get through that, past that post rookie deal extension, which is when these super teams kind of start come coming together, together, that would be. They could probably be in that potential echelon of what LeBron, Wade, and Bosch were when they came together. Potentially. Hmm. It's interesting. I don't know where they go. I'd love to have it in Phoenix, but I feel like it might balance a little better. Why don't we just why don't we just say we've got our super team with Booker and Chris and Bender. Bender. Boom. <laughs> Boom. We just drafted it. Hey. Hey, I hope. We hope. We've but, got our super team. We've but, got I our mean, super team. And Alex Len, who I am back on his bandwagon. <laughs> You're back on the bandwagon? Yeah. I don't know if I was ever actually on it to begin with. I know I was definitely not on it for a very strong period of time this year. But that guy's been just – he's like, why, why can't I quit you, Alex Len? Every time he just You're sucks me back to, in, man. Ready to cut the cord and just yeah, yeah, back I, in I, with a 15-rebound, 12-point game, four blocks – Every now and then, he's like, I should play some basketball. I love it. Well, so, he's, but he's gotten consistent, though. He has gotten consistent? Yeah, the last couple games, he's been consistent. <laughs> he's been consistent for two games? No, I meant, like, last handful. Okay. He's averaging nine and nine. He's, he's definitely more consistent than he has been in the past. I will absolutely agree with you he's there. He's not shooting sub 40%. And suddenly, we've got to look at whether or not, you know, that... However many million that you went back 17. and forth on, like, 47 <laughs> times within a matter of five minutes 17. before... Um, is going to be worth paying him, but uh, that's a conversation to be Somebody had will. perhaps another day. So, this summer, 
that would be another day. That's just factually accurate. Yes, we could we could have that conversation. But somebody will be paying him that money. Somebody will be paying him that money. It depends who it's going to be. So anyway, we are now in the month of December, the first month of the season. Well, I guess technically the second month because mm-hmm. it starts in October, but you know yeah. what I mean. The first full month of the season is officially over with. We've got some interesting games coming up for the month of December. We've probably got some interesting games coming up for the remainder of the year based on the way the Suns have played so far this year. But before we look into the future, let's look to the past. And I want to hear biggest surprise from your perspective so far for the Phoenix Suns. Well, actually, it was a surprise I found out about today based on uh, one of the articles on AV Central was how well Tyson's been playing. I mean, I know he's been playing better than he was playing last year, but I didn't realize statistically how well in that he's averaging just over 11 boards in only 25 minutes, which is like the second best rate of rebounds he's had in his career. And he's shooting crazy 72% from the field, which is just stupid accurate. I mean, I know it's mostly dunks and lobs and things of that nature. But, but that's what a guy that size does. Yeah, it's what a guy that size does, but I mean, still. That's... Alex Len, you should listen to that, too. Yeah. Just <laughs> FYI. But go on. So that that was a huge, that's been a huge surprise. Um, Warren has been a pretty big surprise. Just, I mean, I know I expected an uptick in stats, particularly when we knew he was going in the starting lineup. But... So wait, hold on. Biggest surprise was Tyson or is Warren? I mean, you can still talk about Warren. I'm just curious. Probably the biggest surprise is Tyson, just yeah. from a statistical perspective. He's the guy that we signed, thought we were getting when we signed him. Agreed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think everyone thought that he would come in and be a force defensively, provide those boards, be a guy, you know, you can kind of toss it up there. He's got good hands for a big man. He'll throw it down. He'll get it in the hoop. Last year, obviously, that didn't happen, but it seems to be happening this year, although we also have to take into account it is a smaller sample size, not only in the fact that it's only been part of the season, but also he missed a number of games. Um, But still, if he can keep it up even close to the level that he's been playing so far this year, I think it'll bode well for the Suns, I guess. I mean, ultimately, in the... And it probably won't matter all that much, but it at least gives us something to look at, something to enjoy, and gives something that maybe keeps Alex Len pushing a little bit too, and hopefully helps him learn that right. position a little bit better. I mean, the, those two got combined have are statistically one of the best center tandems in the league, which mm-hmm. is a bright spot for a team that's only six and thirteen. Um, but I mean, I think really I think the thing with, with Tyson is just. Coming into the season, based off of last season, everybody was kind of thinking he had, like, hit that wall and was starting to become washed up and that the contract was going to be, like, ugh, for the next four years or whatever. Which still might be. Which still might be. But actually, it's actually becoming much more tradable. Sure, because he's actually performing and with the salary cap going up and all that good stuff, suddenly it's not a ridiculous contract it's one that you would expect to pay somebody that's performing at that type of level notwithstanding the age and obviously brings a little bit of uh an intangible to the locker room at least that's the presumption that i would have because that's what i hear everybody say agreed um okay so i'll say for my part i think my biggest surprise uh for this first half of excuse me for this first month of the year of the season has been jared dudley um, not dunking is, I guess, not really surprising. Woo-hoo! Disappointing, but not surprising. Uh, and and he's fallen off a little bit, or at least did for the past few games up until the uh, uh, indie game the other night, indie Atlanta game the other night, where I think he scored 17 again. 
but you gave me a look. Am I wrong? I just did I make up a stat? That's what we do. do I hang out with you too much. <laughs> um, now check that because I'm pretty sure I'm right, and I'm Dude. making up another stat by saying I'm pretty sure I'm right. But at any rate. You know, he had that string of games towards the middle of the month once he got moved to the bench where all of a sudden he's like, I'm just going to start draining threes at like a 60% clip because it's no big deal and I'm Jared Dudley. And that was that was I awesome. Moved to the bench and, and, oh, it was, it, was, it was exactly what needed to be done. Oh, and you were correct with the 17 points? Boom. Three for five. Boom. Three. Boom. 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 I read. 60% clip. Numbers. 60%. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's a small sample. Uh, yeah, yeah. Clock is right twice in a day, right? So that was my two a times. Broken clock. Right. <laughs> Thank you for the a clock, a, a, a <laughs> clock that is working. Right should, yeah, fair point. Yeah. Moving on from that, but anyway, so Jared Dudley, I think my biggest surprise of of the season so far, just because I loved the signing when they signed him, but I didn't really expect him to do a whole lot. And while he's not exactly, you know, he's not putting up double doubles every game or anything like that, but coming in and having what, five, six, seven games this month where he put up 15 to 20 points or wherever he was shooting at a very, very, very efficient rate. That's awesome. I love seeing it. Um, and I frankly think he's probably one of my favorite players on the Suns right now. Where does he rank in like your all time, like favorite Suns? Oh, he's actually pretty high on mine just from like a, I mean, there's the there's the favorite sons because they're like amazing players, like Barkley, Nash, KJ, kind of thing. I wouldn't put Barkley in my favorite sons. I, people do. I know, but I'm talking. I'm talking you, about me. I I was just saying. Go on, go on. And then there's the favorite sons who are like the role players, like the Dan Marleys, the Jared Dudleys, the Leandro Barbosas. And then there's the favorite sons that are like the bench characters, like Pat Burke. And, uh, <laughs> I freaking loved Pat Burke. Man, I don't think – I wonder when the last time somebody who's not in Pat's Burke, Pat Burke's family has said his name. I actually saw it like a little bit ago. Where? Something. I can't remember what I was reading, but like um, it came up with like some random stat about um, – I think it had to do with like three-point percentage of like big men because it's like, it's like a thing this season where like seven foot six, like 6'10 and above guys who are shooting like 35-plus percent. And they just like went back like big men in history who shot like well from three and Pat Burke popped up. Interesting, very interesting. Um, but off the top of my head, my favorite Phoenix Suns list would go this. I'll I'll throw five, and don't hold me to this. But Tom Chambers, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Steve Nash, Amari. I'll say Amari. I'm sure there's somebody that I'm a huge fan of that I'm leaving out that I'm going to feel really bad about, but I don't think they care, and I think they'll be just fine. So that's my five. Dudley doesn't quite make it in there. But you know what? He gets three dunks this year. I might throw him up there at number five. I'm just saying. Just going to throw it out there. Just going to throw it out there. So, okay. Biggest disappointment so far in this very young season. To me, the biggest disappointment is... Earl Watson's coaching. I was, How dare you? I was... How I was, dare you? He takes them to yoga. He does. And, 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 and Soul Cycle. I didn't hear about that. That was over the summer. What's Soul Cycle? Spin. Why didn't you just say spin? Because the brand name. Oh, okay. Anyway, go on, go on, go on. Um, he's... 
I wasn't a huge fan of the signing, you know, and every and there's been enough written and talked about about that whole process with them signing him before, like without interviewing anybody else before they even saw what the the open available coaching market was. Sure. Um, and I, on a certain level, feeling like they signed him because they could get him to a cheaper deal and they could get him right. Else. So, but and let's talk his coaching. But I try to give him benefit. Of the doubt. You're not just dis- you're not disappointed about November because of how he was signed. No, I because like I started to get on the Earl Watson bandwagon through like training camp and like preseason and just like hearing him talk, hearing the players talk. They have like a like a confidence in him. That didn't seem fake. Right. Had, Which I still think is there. I still think it's there, but he can't draw up an offensive set to save his life. They basically play, their offense is basically playground ball. With a lot of isos and a lot of unnecessary dribbling. And he talked about putting in a motion offense with a lot of passing and a lot of movement. And we're not seeing that at all because... Guys are just shooting contested shot after contested yeah. shot, which is not helping their their field goal percentages. Uh, evidence probably best by Devin Booker. Right. And that's what I'm disappointed in, is like, he's pulling me in. Right. And he's kind of showing me that my original perception He's probably closer to work. Well, and to play devil's advocate here, because I don't think I've been shy about my admiration and, dare I say, adoration of <laughs> Earl Watson. I think he's absolutely the right coach for this type of team because of how he approaches. Because he can suck in people like you who are just sitting out there listening to what he says and don't actually get to interact with him every day. That's the type of guy that I think when you have a team this young that has some veteran leadership sprinkled in there who I don't know any of these guys personally, but based on how the dudes like Jared Dudley and Tyson Chandler interact with the media and carry themselves on the court, I would venture to guess they're cut from the very same cloth that Earl Watson's cut from. And I think that's the type of – I don't want to say – I'm going to say kid gloves, but – and that's maybe not really that far off because a lot of these guys are kids. But I think you need that kind of nurturing attitude when you have a team this young. You can't come in there and run them like drill, like a drill sergeant. Like and I wonder... Like who what? Tim does in Minnesota. Exactly. Or Scott and, and, yeah, and I also wonder whether or not some of how they're playing maybe is partially because Watson does want to put in more of a motion offense, does want to do more sets, whatever the case might be, but at the same time is not trying to overload these young guys who are still kind of getting their feet wet in the NBA. Uh, And I also, I've said this before, I think Devin Booker at this point is just trying to do too much. I think he's, he's a big part of this team. He's a big part of this franchise's future, don't get me wrong, but I think he's making himself into a bigger part than he needs to be right now. If that makes sense, that I that yeah, that definitely makes sense, and I agree with that. I mean, he uh, Booker is definitely pushing himself, and he's pushing himself through injury. Um, whether that how contrived that was or not, just to cover sucking. But um, he he has been pushing himself, and I think he's trying to take too much on his shoulders. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And part of that is maybe Watson. Allowing that a little too much, 
well, I think that goes back to the point of he's got to let them grow into the into themselves in the NBA. So, okay, um, I don't know. I you know I asked the question. I didn't really put much thought into to it myself. What I think my most disappointing part of the Suns have has been so far this year. Oh, you read my mind. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't need to go into a whole lot of detail about how I feel about Brandon Knight. And you know what's funny is I think when I went on a little bit of a diatribe a couple of weeks back about him. You had said, you know, he's going to have a game where he gets 30 and whatever and pulls you back. And he literally did that like two days later. I do not care. I'm still completely out on him. You know what? Let's trade Let's trade him for... Uh, for uh... John Wall? No. For... <laughs> the bald, three-point shooting, tall Irish guy we were just talking <laughs> about. Burke. Pat Burke. I'll trade... I'll trade... I'll trade... Brandon Knight for Pat Burke. I mean, Pat Burke in his prime, of course. Yes, of course. Not Pat Burke now. But. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, who knows? I mean, but maybe he's, I he's probably I, down at a Y. The just more, the more of those somewhere. games that Brandon and I put together, the more tradable he gets. Speaking of, yeah, that's a good point. That's a fair point. Speaking of, this is a quick tangent. Speaking of old former NBA players who go on to play like rec league things, I just made a comment about Burke playing in YMCA League. Jake Plummer? No. Did you know that Greg Ostertag plays in a rec hockey league out here? No. Yeah. That's going to be the weirdest thing. How tall is he? He was like, what, like 6'10"? No, he's like 7'0". Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he might be a goalie, too. I have no <laughs> idea why I know this. Somebody told me this. Maybe they were making it up. But no, because I think the person that told me this actually played in a game with him or something. Um, I could be talking about a completely different, really tall former NBA player, but I'm pretty sure it was Greg Ostertag. Do you know uh, Jake Plummer's uh, second career is now? Did he uh, a what's farm our, our of favorite, some sort? What's our favorite sport? Curling? No, there are other favorite uh, sports. Golf, not summer Olympics. Um, hold on. I feel I feel like I should know this if it's my team handball. Team, uh, that's actually what I was just going to say. <laughs> he plays American team handball. Huh. <laughs> I mean, that, I guess it makes sense. He was a pretty mobile quarterback, know, and go check out team handball. It's the best sport ever, and I'm surprised it has not come out in America because I think. Everybody would enjoy it. It's my favorite sport to watch. So you said. So you said. Okay. Along with curling. Yes. Well, summer, winter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. So November's over. I almost said December's over. Oh. <sighs> November is over. We are walking ourselves into December. And I think you and I can both agree that December is going to be a freaking buzzsaw. Pile of crap. Well, I. I prefer not to take as negative approach, but... Hey, everybody walks through crap occasionally. Okay. (laughs) I feel like that was like a Forrest Gump thing, right? (laughs) I just stepped in it. It happens. (laughs) What? Sometimes. Anyway, so yeah, they're they're coming up with an incredibly different schedule here, and I'm going to rattle it off, even though I probably... Did I say different? Difficult. It's different also. It's different than November, so yeah. yeah, don't... Hey, I know what I'm saying. So... Golden State, Utah, Indiana, Lakers, New Orleans, Nick. Oh, New Orleans. That's Brightside Night, and this week is the last week to donate, if I'm not mistaken. You are not. So we should get everybody out there to donate. Come meet us. You know what? I was going to offer everyone that shows up and comes and says hi to me a beer, but I probably shouldn't do that because, I mean, <laughs> I think they sold like 850 tickets so far. Right. I don't know how many people listen to this, but anyway. So. Try to get to 1,000. Trying to get to 1,000. So go donate. Nick, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Houston, Philly. Can't read my handwriting. Houston, San Antonio, Toronto, Utah. 
How many wins? Three? I'm, I don't know who or where, because with the way they play, they tend to beat playoff teams and lose horribly to teams that are worse than them. So I really couldn't tell you who they'll win, who they'll beat, and who they'll lose to horrendously. But both of those are probably going to happen. Both of those probably will happen. I don't think three is an unreasonable number. I will say that I think the I'm going to say I'm going to pick this one win that they're going to have that's going to be the most surprising or maybe least surprising based on how up and down the Suns are is going to be. He's literally blindfolding himself and pointing it. <laughs> <laughs> At San Antonio. They're going to win. I was going to go San Antonio at home. Nope. See, I'm bolder. They're going to lose at home to San Antonio. They're going to beat San Antonio in San Antonio. Yeah. But only because I think Greg Popovich is going to start resting his guys even earlier this year and start in December. Yeah, but you know he rests his guys on away games. and <laughs> But that's when they win. He rests his guys and they win, so then he'll play them. You're right. They're going to beat at San Antonio. Oh, look at that. Look, did I just convince you without actually even saying well, anything my, my beyond that they're going to win? One of the Utah games. Okay, Good, good thought, but it's going to be and, at hey, San Antonio. Shooting for that win against New Orleans on the 11th. Yes, absolutely. Because, hey, but, we're bringing all these kids to the game. We want to see the Suns win. So, yeah, uh, exactly. I you know, completely get agree. Them hooked on a win. That's the way to do it. That's the way to get them hooked. But if you have anybody, any friends out there that are betting people, I would suggest you know just take the money line at San Antonio. It's going to be a good day for you. That's good all. Don't look at me like that. I. I Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, my friend told me. So, at any rate, any other thoughts on December besides let's just hope for the best? I mean, if, they're, if their schedule in December is this bad, it's got to be okay in January, yeah, and February, March, and April. Well, yeah, right? well, because, I mean, I, because football's going on, they stacked a lot of the premier games later in the season, so that's why we're getting a lot of the harder teams <laughs> now. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a very unfortunate side effect of being not a good team, but I guess that yeah. makes sense. So so you're saying it'll get easier as the year goes on? Potentially. Maybe, okay. Except we tend to get blown out by teams that that's, should be easier. That's a good point. That is you're a very good point. Philly. Those well, well the, we the Nets the, the, the Nets game was our fault. We've been over this. Yes, it was we our fault. Watching that. But anyway, only one more game against Philly. Yes, yes, yes. And hopefully well they'll probably well, I'm gonna say they're gonna win that game. I'm gonna go ahead and say they'll win that game. So that gives me – there's two of my wins for December right there. San Antonio and Philly, so one more – at least one more for the Suns. All right. Knicks. That's it. Okay, so the Knicks. All right. Paul, any other thoughts before we go ahead and sign off on this episode of Bright Side of the Suns for the Fans by the Fans podcast? Not really. I think that's uh, – That's fact, fine. It's been a pretty light week. So. You can stop it at not really. That's all I need to hear from you. I mean, that sounded mean, but you know what I'm saying. A lot of things you say sound mean. I see. I saw a little hurt in the eyes. I'm sorry. I did not mean it. I love you, buddy. So at any rate, once again, folks, feel free to leave comments, thoughts, questions in the comments section at brightsideofthesun.com. Hit Paul or myself up on Twitter. I'm so says Jay, and Paul is? Derivation World. My former fantasy football team name. That's fine. Whatever. And... Until next time, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Enjoy your burrito. Hmm.